1: Hey, Lazy Geniuses, you're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. Here, I'm going to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today's episode, the Lazy Genius Makes a Friend. Here is the pitch. Making friends as an adult is terrifying, but it does not have to be terrifying. So in the playbook, we're going to go through the three kind of phases of adult friendship. Phase one, we're going to talk about people. People are great. People are also weird, and so are we. Phase two, saying hi, and phase three, hanging out. So let's jump right in to phase one. Okay, so people are great, people are also weird. You are great, you're also a little weird. This is what makes us people, right? But we go in to friendships or starting friendships thinking that we have to be this perfect person with all of our stuff together, no craziness, all the things, And when we start to have a conversation with that um, mom in the park or that lady at book club or the woman at church, don't you sometimes feel sort of zipped up and like, I really want to be myself right now, but I'm just a little nervous that if I give her all of myself, my full self, that she's going to run away. So the way that we kind of fight that is we need to know ourselves. We need to know who we are. Okay. so. I need to know what I'm afraid of when I'm talking to somebody, because when that voice starts to say things like, you sound stupid, you sound stupid, stop talking. I need to know that that voice is coming from like my deepest fear place and know that it's really not true. Although, I mean, I may sound stupid when I'm talking to somebody, but that doesn't have to change how the interaction is going to go. That doesn't need to like make me feel zipped up even further. I need to recognize that I have a fear of sounding stupid. And so when I might say something that does sound stupid and that voice starts talking to me, I can be like, you know what? I know you're my deepest fear voice. It's cool. I'm going to keep talking. So if you can know what you're afraid of in a conversation, what you're afraid of people kind of like finding out about you. Um, it's really helpful when that voice starts to tell you that you're terrible and that you um, are not gonna be friends, this person is never gonna like you. If you can recognize that that is coming from a place of fear, then you can call it for what it is. Be like, cool, thanks for thanks for playing, now you can go away. I'm gonna keep trying to be friends with this person. So know, know who you are, know what you're afraid of, and also know what you're, what makes you awesome because everybody is super awesome. And I'm going to sound like a Hallmark card here for a second. If you um, watch the great British baking show, which if you know anything about me, you know, it's my favorite show. I'm currently watching it on Netflix. I'm just not watching anything right now, except for that. I have such a long queue that I think I'm so overwhelmed by it. And the great British baking show makes me so happy that I'm just watching that on repeat. It's fine. The second season is full of bakers who are lovely and talented and all the things, but um, that there's one particular baker, um, her name is Ruby. So if you've watched season two, she's the one who looks like an exotic Taylor Swift with super curly hair. And she also kind of acts a little bit like Taylor Swift where there is this sort of like um, faux humility a little bit. um, We're like, I can't believe I won or I can't believe this really tastes good. Um, And she drives me insane. Ruby drives me insane. Because Ruby moves into every interaction basically already saying that she's the worst. Girlfriend, you're on the TV show. They would not have picked you if you did not know how to make scones. Like, it drives me insane. Because Ruby is not um, embracing the fact that she is a baker. Like, she's a good baker. That's why she's on the Great British Baking Show. And so it is so important that we are not Rubies when we're having interactions with people that you believe that you're like, you're a good person. You're a cool person. You have things that you're good at. You have things that make people want to spend time with you. And so it may be that you need to like kind of dig a little deep. If you're struggling with how you're feeling about yourself, dig a little deep and figure out, okay, I'm a good listener or I'm really funny, or I'm good at asking questions or whatever it might be. If you're struggling to know what that is about you, ask the people who love you. Be like, can you tell me why You enjoy being, being friends with me and it might feel super awkward, but don't you think, um, that one of the biggest paradoxes of being a human is that we want to hide so badly. And at the same time, we so desperately want to be known. And so I encourage you to know what it is about yourself that makes people want to be with you. And if you have to ask them point blank, do that ask your best friend, ask your spouse, ask your roommate, ask your sister, whatever it is. Like ask those people, okay, this is gonna sound super weird, but I'm trying to kind of be more sure about who I am and moving into relationships. Can you tell me why you like being my friend? Um, And it it sounds a little scary, but I just wanna encourage you that knowing who you are and knowing how great you are is going to help you in having a conversation with a stranger because you can be like, you know what? I'm gonna be fully myself. I'm not gonna be afraid of who I am. I'm gonna embrace this about myself that I know is, um, this is what people like about me. This is how I was made. This is how I'm wired. This is how I see the world. And you don't need to be ashamed of that. But if you have a hard time kind of narrowing in on what that is, ask, ask some trusted people for some help in that. Okay, so now we know your fears and we know what makes you awesome. The same thing is true of the people that you're talking about. All right, so I just said that Ruby makes me crazy. But if I'm having a conversation with Ruby, it would be really tempting for me to stop at the point of, oh, she is just so negative about herself. Oh my word, I cannot handle being around her. And instead, what I wanna do is go a step deeper because Ruby has a fear. There's some deep fear in there. I don't wanna sound stupid. I don't know what hers is, but it's clearly driving her to open up all of her sentences being a Debbie Downer and that she is failing and that what she has created is not up to snuff or whatever. And so when we are interacting with people, understanding that they are operating out of a deep fear as well is incredibly valuable. And it also makes us experience a lot of empathy towards others that might normally kind of get on our nerves. Um, if we can move into a relationship or even in just a single conversation with empathy, you may not be, continue to be friends with that, the mom you met at the park. But that conversation, if you move into it with empathy and understand that she is operating out of a place of fear, you can actually encourage her greatly by listening to her. Um, and it's a really beautiful gift that you can give a stranger. So that's kind of our quick sort of people primer. Um, To remember who we are, to remember what we're afraid of, what makes us great, and remember that other people are equally as afraid and equally great, even if the relationship doesn't go much past that conversation. All right, so let's move into phase two. This is where we get into like specifics. Phase two is saying hi. Because every, every single relationship starts with pretty much saying hi. Unless you're in like a romantic comedy, then it starts with you, you know, falling off a horse and someone rescuing you. Um, but in this, in this context, we start with saying, hi, here is one of the most important things. I think when you are in a situation where there are people around that you have to talk to and the small talk begins and you're like, okay, this could be a great place for me to make a friend. Like you start a new job, you start a new church, you move into a new, um, neighborhood. Go first. You go first. If you're an introvert, you're dying right now. If you're an extrovert, you're like, well, duh. Um, But really, we're all a little afraid of that in the first place, but go first. You make eye contact and smile and say the word. You say hi first. You put your hand out to shake it. Um, You are the one who goes first because if we're all equally afraid, somebody has to go first. And you might miss out on a relationship by not taking that risk because it does feel risky because someone could be like, hi, and then not respond. Or, you know, you could not get along, which sometimes happens. Here's the thing. If we want to be, because you guys are lazy geniuses, you are trying to be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Did you know that people's opinion opinions of us don't really matter that much? Um, and I think deep down, we want that to be true of ourselves. We want to to move through life, not really being super concerned about how people feel about us, that we can be authentic and ourselves and um, that that is enough. And so if we wanna continue um, this movement of other people being lazy geniuses where they just stop trying so hard and they let that go, we can be models of that, we can be examples of that. And a great way to do that is to go first, is to take the risk and to go first, to say hi, to make eye contact, to smile, whatever it is. So go first. The next thing in phase two of saying hi is is your name and their name. Using names is so important and I am terrible at remembering them. Like to the point, there's a woman um, who I go to church with and I've just started going to um, a new church in the last couple of months. And I had met this woman a couple of years ago her name is Jessica. I know her name now, but do you know how many times I've asked it? Do you know how many different locations I have asked it? Saw her in a coffee shop, saw her at church. I think I saw her at Target one time. There are just several times and I was like, I can't believe I'm about to ask you this again. What is your name? But now I know her name and having those interactions of me awkwardly not remembering her name, it actually kind of, I think, furthered the relationship a little bit. We kind of got to skip a couple of steps because I made myself look dumb (laughs) And, and there's a vulnerability in that, I think. So use names. If you forget them, ask. If you forget it, ask again and again and again and again until you remember this person's name. I have never interacted with a person who was upset with me wanting to remember their name and actively seeking out to remember their name. Um, but they might've been if I didn't ask at all. And so it's worth the risk. So use names and try and remember them and offer up your own, offer it again, even if they don't ask. Be like, by the way, I'm Kendra. If your name is Kendra. Um, Like even if you said it the first time in the beginning of the conversation, when they, whatever is coming out of the person's mouth, when you're like, oh, I'm about to have small talk, I'm about to enter into a conversation. Basically the first 90 seconds, it's it's shot. It's completely shot. So that time that you said your name, and she said her name, just go ahead and repeat your name. Save her the awkwardness of having to ask. That's another way you can go first, is you can just go ahead and offer up your name without her having to ask for it.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Um, and then another thing is asking questions. Okay. So small talk is the worst. It is the, the worst. If you're really good at it, um, would you please call me and follow me around so you can teach me how to do it? I just don't enjoy it very much because I don't know how to be but one way. And I feel like small talk makes me um, talk about things that I don't really care about, and that's really hard for me. Plus, I'm a person who really likes just a small handful of deep relationships versus a ton of people that I don't really know very well. It just doesn't feel authentic to how I do relationship to talk about lipstick. I don't know, it's just really hard. Now, I talked about lipstick with my closest friends. But we also talk about really hard things. And so I think that's where that's where the the connection of those two things come. Small talk is not necessarily talking about shallow things, it's only talking about shallow things. It's when you can have small talk with someone that you've known for years because there's never any movement into depth. And so if you can just remember that, that when you're talking to someone about the small things that feel very insignificant. That doesn't mean that that small talk is all it's ever going to be. And it doesn't mean that that conversation is valuable. You can say, you know what? These topics are actually things that I would talk about with my best friend. We also just talk about when we're feeling depressed <laughs> also. And so so it kind of balances it out, I guess. Um, every, everything is up for grabs and authentic relationships. So maybe you can kind of trick your mind into thinking, oh, this is the beginning of possibly an authentic relationship. And I don't need to be so afraid of small talk because these details do matter in the big scheme of things. But asking questions is super important. And I um, on the blog this week is a post called um, How to Start a Conversation Without Throwing Up. And so you can go read that. And there are a few questions, like sample questions. And here's here's the big thing and when you're asking questions of someone. If you were to Google icebreaker questions or how to, uh, questions to ask a stranger or something like that, there are questions that feel super out of left field. Like, um, if you could, and they're, they're all phrased this way. If you could go on vacation anywhere, where would you go? Um, it feels like, like speed dating a little bit when you're asking these questions and it's, it just makes me uncomfortable asking those kinds of questions, but especially phrasing them that way. So here is your trick, ready? What you wanna do is connect the context of where you are and what you're doing with a question that would help you get to know this person and what they like and what they don't like and maybe something that would open up a further conversation. So this is an example that I give in the um, in the blog post. You're at the park, you're standing, you know, kind of next to another mom and you're both just standing there silently. Like, I guess we could have a conversation right now, but no one's really saying anything. This is where you go first and you say, hi. And you can start off with the magic question that all mothers ask of other mothers. How old your kid? <laughs> How old is she? Um, and that kind of at least starts it so you're both saying words. Here's one thing that you could do is to connect the context. So let's say this other kid is wearing a shirt with bubble guppies on it, which is a kid TV show that's the worst, but it's fine. So they're wearing a bubble guppies t-shirt. So you could say, oh, your kid likes bubble guppies. Mine too. I feel like there's so many TV shows, you know, whatever, like there could be like a, I know, no, 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 there's so many TV shows that kids watch these days. I know, no, no, no. And then you could say like, um, I don't remember there being that many when I was a kid. I just pretty much watched the Care Bears. And then she may say like, oh yeah, we watched the Smurfs, but, but, oh, do you remember? And then there is this connection to something that is actually like a memory, something that's a preference, something that you can start talking about television naturally without being like, what ki- what shows did you like to watch when you were a kid? Where you seem like a creepy person. So if you can find ways to connect the context, and I give a couple examples of this in the blog post, but if you can think of ways to connect the context into an actual context quote-unquote, icebreaker question, you're gonna be able to get the results of an icebreaker question without the awkwardness of it. So there's phase one, our people primer of people are great, people are also weird. Phase two, saying hi. We're gonna go first, we're gonna use names, and we're gonna ask questions. Phase three is where it gets real. This is where we're gonna hang out. Okay, you can have um, a relationship with, say, a mom at preschool who you see, or school pickup, who you see for five to 10 minutes every single day, right? But until you guys actually hang out, it's gonna be really hard to, um, not to call that person your friend, but to actually have a friendship where you share things that are deep, right? You have to actually hang out on purpose for longer than five minutes. So how how do you do that? How do you transition from, like talking to a mom in line or meeting somebody at the park or at a bridal shower or whatever it is to actually hanging out. Okay, first step, don't wait for the perfect time, okay? This is so key because we always wait for the perfect time for everything before we make a move and the perfect time is never going to come. It's just never gonna come. Um, And you might it might take you by surprise. Like for example, a couple of years ago, um, I... Another mom and I were supposed to be in charge of a class party. We had never really talked much before um, and we got to the school at the wrong time. We both thought that we were supposed to start the party at, I don't know, 10 o'clock and we weren't supposed to start it until 11.15. So we're both standing there like, okay, well, we have an hour. And, um, And one of us, I don't remember which one of us took the risk. I think it was her. Her name's Corinne. Corinne said, um, do you want to just go get coffee or something? And I was at first terrified because I was like, okay, you're a stranger. Oh, it's okay. I started to kind of like panic a little bit inside because my deepest fear is looking stupid. And I also have a hard time with small talk. And I'm like, I have to go sit, have coffee with a stranger for an hour. This is my worst nightmare. But it was like, you know what? I've i liked the couple of like three minute conversations I've had with this woman okay, it's cool, it's an hour, let's go do it. She is one of my dearest friends and we would not have known that, really, if we hadn't hung out. We would have kept having pleasant interactions, standing against the wall, waiting for our kids to come out of the classroom. But we never really would have connected on a deeper level. And now we talk about really hard things. We also talk about super easy things. But again, it's both. That's where the relationship comes alive. But in terms of hanging out, my perfect time for hanging out would have been like, well, um, hi, we can maybe schedule some, you know, like it would have been really, really like detailed and thought through and I would have had to like work myself up to it. Whereas it just being spontaneous, it not being the perfect time, being like, all right, well, yeah, let's do this. Let's go get coffee. It was so lovely. So don't wait for the perfect time. The other thing is to take a risk. And this is same story. Like you're never gonna know if this person is going to be a dear friend of yours if you don't risk actually hanging out so you have to you have to risk it um, and the third thing is to center hanging out around a thing okay so rather than just being like would you like to hang out sometime i've actually done that with another another mom at another school pickup and i was like i would just i would just really like you i think it would be fun to hang out and she said i would like that too we've never hung out She's delightful and we talk every day, but we've never actually hung out because there wasn't like something to center it around. For example, especially for someone that is new that you haven't really had a whole lot of deep conversations with perhaps. So centering it around something like, maybe you both have talked about trying out a Zumba class, but you're both a little bit nervous about it. Maybe you could say standing against the wall at preschool or in the um like at the bagel table at work or at church in the aisle, be like, would you wanna try a Zumba class together sometime? And then you go and do a thing together. It's a lower pressure way of connecting. So it could be something like an exercise class. It could be maybe you both really love this particular band and you both were thinking about going to see this band play at a local venue. You could say, do you wanna go together? That would be fun. Like find... If there's a commonality in your conversation, maybe you can hang out around that commonality. And then it's not just about conversation, which can be really, really scary. And then the final part of hanging out is you need to hold it loosely. It's okay if once is it. So when you're hanging out with somebody, don't go in with the expectations of like, this could be my best friend. Hold it loosely, enjoy yourself, be a good listener, have empathy for this person, be yourself and enjoy it. But it's okay if that's it. And if you treat it as it's okay if it's it, um, then it's not going to be like an awkward friendship breakup because you've talked about doing all these things together. Just hold it loosely. It's okay if once is it. Okay, so what's our payoff of trying to make a new friend, of trying to see it as not so terrifying? You get a new friend. I mean, like that's the best of all the payoffs. Um, And it also shows you, even if that person doesn't end up being a really close friend, the more you practice talking to people, um, the more confident you're going to be in your ability to talk to people and your ability to small talk without wanting to die. And remember, every friend does not have to become your best friend, but every friendship does start from the same place. So just start. Okay, let's. Before we go, let's um, let's hit our lazy genius tip of the week. It's about egg salad. If you follow me, if you follow me on Instagram. You already heard me talk about this, but I'm so excited about it that I just want to make sure that everyone knows. Um, Okay, so egg salad is great. You boil your, but it's a lot of work, right? You boil your eggs and you peel them. That's, everybody does that. And, but then you have to like cut them up and break them up. And maybe you chop them with a knife. Maybe you mash them with a fork and they don't always mash the same. And then you scoop in mayonnaise and you season it and you have to taste it and season it again. And here is the tip that changed my life. It continues to, to this day. I just figured this out last week and I've made so many egg salad sandwiches. So you boil your eggs, open one up and then just slice it into like rounds, okay? And then you just put mayonnaise on your bread, go a little heavy. If you like heavy egged, heavy mayonnaise egged, that makes me think of Arrested Development. Um, man egg high five for Arrested Development fans. Um, Put mayonnaise on both sides of your bread and then just, lay the sliced eggs on top of it and then sprinkle salt and pepper on it and then close it up. And it's magical. It's so much less work. But here's the biggest thing. It doesn't fall out of your sandwich. Like when you're eating egg salad, you know, it's like clumps of it. Like half of it is on your plate when you're done. Not when you slice it. You guys, if you're an egg salad fan, but you don't want to make it, this is magical. And some of you were like, responded to me on Instagram like yeah I know I've been doing that and I'm so jealous that you have been living this beautiful exiled life for so long and I didn't know about it so that is our lazy genius tip of the week how to make a better exiled sandwich and as always you can go to the show notes for this episode thelazygeniuscollective.com slash lazy slash friend um I link to that um post I told you about how to start a conversation without throwing up there are a couple of other um Blog posts, a couple of other podcast episodes, a Lazy Sisters episode, actually, my favorite um, one of my favorite podcast episodes where they talk about fictional duos. That's just a fun conversation on friendship in a completely different context. So, if you want to get any, um, yeah, kind of extend this conversation about being a lazy genius who makes a friend, there are some good things for you to check out over there. Okay, thanks so much for listening, you guys. I'm so grateful. And remember, Please be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'll see you next week.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.